everybody. Welcome back to Season 2 of First and Ten. My name is Mitch, and alongside my co-host Adam, we are very excited to be with you guys for the second time in over a week. And today we're going to be doing the NFC offseason recap. So to kick us off, here's the NFC East, and here's Adam. Um, so one, I think you meant to say the NFC least, as we like to say on here. Ah, yes. Um, first team we'll get into right away is the local team for us, the New York Giants. Um, many would say they have a successful off season, but in my opinion, they didn't get that much better than last season. They fixed their wide receiver issues. They fixed their, even I'd say some of their offensive weapon issues, their defense stayed put, but there was no additions to the O-line, which is, I think what they desperately need. I think last season with Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, you can get the job done if you have a good O-line. But as we saw last season and the season before, Daniel Jones has just been given no time week after week, having little time in the pocket, having to try to make things happen on his own. And although you give him Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony, that doesn't change the fact that the pass rush is going to be coming heavy every play. And it's going to be interesting week one when they have to face Bradley Chubb and Von Miller off the edge to see how the Giants are able to adjust to that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, I think that one of the things that they did, even though you're right, they didn't directly address the offensive line, they got a big-bodied tight end in Kyle Rudolph who can actually do something in the blocking and then the run game because, let's be honest, Evan Ingram is known to be a receiver. Whether you think that's his specialty or not, the guy can't block for his life. So at least they did something to try and protect uh, Dan- Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. So that was something. Um, and then just a lot of skill position things re- uh signing Devontae Booker to uh, basically take Wayne Gallman's role um, in the event that Saquon goes down for a third year in a row, take, taking a very shifty guy in Kadarius Toney, which some could say was a reach. He's He could be great. He could be awful. We have no idea. Um, yeah, in, my, in my opinion, I'll take – Kenny Galladay. In my opinion, in the draft, I'll take any of the uh, big three receivers over him along with Rashad Bateman and Elijah Moore, so – I don't know if I love the pick there. I do got to give them the credit for trading back, though. I think that was a very good trade for them. Um, but extra I don't see this team eclipsing more than seven or seven wins this year. I'm going to say this. Old take. Interesting. Their QB play is still satisfactory. I don't think their defense will live up to the hype it's getting for this season. And it's not even getting that much hype, but people are saying it's a top 10 defense. I'm not sure we'll see that out of the Giants this year. I think it'll be it was last year. Maybe it'll regress with the. And uh, the issue is, I say they're going to have a rough year, but then you look at the teams they play week after week in their division, and they could be a playoff team this year for all we know. I I almost want to pick them to win the division, but let's not spoil our listeners. Let's not spoil our uh, our picks for our listeners because that's going to be next episode. Our actual predictions. Moving on to America's team, so the Cowboys didn't have an outstanding offseason, but they they did what they had to do without absolutely breaking the bank. Drafting Micah Parsons, he's a very good player if you take away all the off-the-field controversies. But, Ad, in your opinion, did the Cowboys need another linebacker? Because I feel like they had that position pretty locked down with Leighton Van Der Esch. Well, yeah. Well, the Cowboys were banking at 10 to be taking J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertain. And to many surprise, even mine, the Broncos – Snipes retain at nine, which 
was a good I, I'm not saying it's a bad pick but it, it just wasn't expected and if the Cowboys were able to get Sertain at 10 many of people would have considered that a steal as many people had in that cornerback one in the draft but for where they were picking I think Micah Parsons was the pick I mean I don't think there was anyone else at that position that they could really take without it be, being considered a reach versus Parson which is a reasonable pick it's just it's going to be interesting to see how they use him because he's a very versatile linebacker so I, I, I bet Cowboys fans are hoping he can do some off the edge, do some in coverage on tight ends, he, do a little bit of everything, which is what he's going to have to do with this lackluster Cowboys defense. And no, um, exactly. Aside from that, I like the Keon Neal pickup. He's hard hitter. He's not going to make the big plays, but he'll be solid for them. And I, I, I think they didn't need to address the offense this offseason, and they didn't. Um, their offense is solid. It had struggles last year due to injuries, but – fully healthy when you give them Dak and a healthy O-line, I think we could see big things out of this Cowboys roster. It's now, once again, just going to come down to this defense. I mean, I, I agree with your point. Like, they already had Jalen Smith and Lane Van Der Esch, so, um, but that, like, that's what I'm trying to argue. But I agree with your point that at uh, 10th overall, I, it was too early for Caleb Farley, Caleb Farley, especially with his back injuries. I think he has the potential to be the most talented DB of the entire draft class. If he can stay healthy, right, outside then, of Patrick Sertain, I can agree with that. Disagree, but um, and then Asante Samuel, uh, he was. I saw some things before the draft that he was going to maybe be a first round pick. He was being compared to J.C. Horn a lot, but then obviously he fell to the second round where he went to the uh, L.A. Chargers. So I mean, I th- I think I think you're right, but they don't need more middle linebacker. Um, coverage i think they need a blitzer and i think that that's what they got that's what he was that's what he made his living doing in penn state um you mentioned the keanu neal signing and then also along with keanu neal they also got his coach dan quinn i think that would that's an upgrade at the defensive coordinator position um losing xavier woods hurts but i mean we'll see like you said when Dak's back and a healthy o-line this team definitely should win the division with that kind of talent especially on the offensive side of the ball yeah, and the only real threat to them I see in the division this year is the Washington football team. Just because, aside from their QB uncertainty, this is a team that actually, like, I'm not even like trying to like sound like like fanboy here, but it actually reminds me a lot of the Denver Broncos roster where they have a very solid defense. Their offense even has some weapons, but their QB uncertainty is what might hold them back this year. Um, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who... It's going to be solid, but he's not going to be anything special, and he's also 40 million years old, so I don't know what to expect out of him. And then you have you have Taylor Heineke backing him up, and it's as I just said, it's just a lot of uncertainty at that position for them. I think he's actually like 35 million years old. I think you're being a bit, uh, a bit coy with that. But, um, yeah, I, I see the comparison. I think the Broncos have more offensive talent, but I think the football team is a better offensive line. And then the defense is stacked. I um, I think that losing Ryan Kerrigan to the Eagles hurts. Yeah, but. losing Kerrigan and Darby hurts, but I think they'll be able to I, – I don't think that's the end of the world considering you lose Kerrigan, but you you, you, you lose two defenders, you bring in Bobby McCain. Like, we'll see. At least they upgrade the offense. They finally got a number two guy in Curtis Samuel, and then it'll be the Antonio Gibson show. They still have J.D. McKissick, who's a solid receiving back. 
Um, and, and, and as I just said, I think this team could compete for the division potentially. It's just, once again just going to come down to the QB play. But um, it's because Ryan Fitzpatrick, we know he's going to win them games, and we know he's going to lose them games. So it's just going to come down to how many is how many of each. Um, what do you think? Where would you rank this defense though? Because I've seen a whole lot of rankings putting them at at twelve, and I've seen a whole lot of them putting them at two. Where do you think? Um, I, I, I can see both of those because the defense is very good, but it's also very young, and we haven't seen a lot out of a lot of these players. For example, Chase Young had a great season last year. Will he be able to live up to that? And that goes for a lot of other players, and like for example, like a Montez Sweat type guy, because now Montez Sweat is going to have to take that bigger role, and, and he is very young. But with Ryan Kerrigan gone, he was the leader on that defense. Yeah, exactly. So now someone else is going to have to step up and lead that defense and losing their two, 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 I wouldn't say, I, I'd actually consider both of them, Darby and Kerrigan, both veterans on that defense. It's, it's going to be a new look for them this year. And they have potential to be a top five, but they also have potential to drop down to the 12 area. Like I, I can see both of those happening. Agreed. Right now I have them around six, but moving on to Ryan Kerrigan's new team, the Philadelphia Eagles. They quietly had a decent offseason, at least from a defensive standpoint. They added some guys that at good value, like um, Anthony Harris, Eric Wilson, and then obviously Ryan Kerrigan. But the biggest headline of this Eagles offseason was trading uh, Carson Wentz to the Colts. And um, and they, they got rid of a lot of their veteran guys, which like they really cleaned house. It almost felt like the changing of the hand, the changing of the guards yeah, it, from it, one it, era clear. to this another. Team is, this team is in rebuild mode. Carson Wentz is gone. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Jalen Mills, Malik Jackson. I mean, besides Zach Ertz and Fletcher Cox, it's pretty much a new order in Philadelphia. And who knows in two weeks when the season's starting if Zach Ertz will be even beyond this roster exactly. anymore. I, I, I mean, they still have Dallas Goddard, so there's not really – they don't need to hang on to Ertz. Dallas Goddard's a fine tight end, but I don't know. It's a sad day in Philly when all these veteran guys who, you know, some of those young Philly fans have them on their posters and ha- when they were growing up. Yeah, all moving on, the guys so. that won them a Super Bowl, like exactly, you know, the Super Bowl roster is definitely uh, shedding its skin. But this team is not going to be very good. I think Devonte Smith's success will play a role in Jalen Hurts' development. They have chemistry, but the kid's like 125 pounds. Like it's going to be tough. Um, we'll get into that more with the predictions. They had a decent off season. No, but. For what they're going for, this offseason was a success. They cleaned house, and that's what they were trying to do. I don't necessarily think it was a like it was. It's going to make them good this year, but I think it. They need to start worrying about building for the future, not this year. And trust me, they were thinking about that week seventeen against the Giants or against the football team when they threw the game. They they, they were rebuilding for the sixth pick, not the ninth pick. Exactly. Um. Onto the NFC North. Which um, I'd say is up there for one of the divisions that has the most drama going on in it right now. Um, you have the Packers with we know their drama, the Bears with their QB situation. <laughs> you have the Lions just being the Lions and the Vikings just being the Vikings. But well, the Vikings honestly seem relatively unproblematic compared to the other teams in that division. They're they're just doing their own thing. Yeah, you you we'll start with the Packers. They re-signed Aaron Jones. They. Uh, again, this offseason for me, for from my perspective, it's a Packers victory because I'd say even three weeks ago, I didn't even think Aaron Rodgers would be playing this year for them, and he is. So that's a victory alone. Um, 
I like the re-signing of Aaron Jones. I wasn't too high on it, especially with A.J. Dillon, but I see where they're coming from. If Aaron Jones is what was making Rodgers happy, then keep him. Randall Cobb, yes, we know they got him just to make Rodgers happy because that's one of his OG receivers. But losing Corey Lindsley and Christian Kirksey isn't going to be too easy for them this year. Um, Lindsley was a long time I wouldn't. I don't know if they. Did, I assume friend of Aaron Rodgers and stuff, and uh, he did a great job protecting him. So I mean, he was outstanding this year. The Christian Kirksey thing won't hurt too too badly. But then you remember, oh yeah, Blake Martinez isn't on that team anymore. So then it's like, okay, well this linebacking room is getting a little thin. And yeah, that's the that's what's always been the issue for Rodgers too. Rodgers balls out every year. Rodgers. Some people, uh, I'm not going to say who, but some theorists are people who like to hate on greatness try and say that Rodgers is better than Brady just because Rodgers would have the same success put on Brady's team. And I'm not here to argue Rodgers versus Brady or anybody versus Brady. I think Brady's the greatest of all time. Not most talented, but because of success, greatest of all time. Yeah, that's fair. And um, I don't know, Just believe, it'll just be interesting. And like last year, I think the Packers really could have made the Super Bowl if it wasn't for coaching and also – their defense. I mean, every NFC Championship game he's in, his team's giving up thirty plus points. The, the defense just needs to bail him out one time at least. And no, but they did. I I love that argument, and I do think Rodgers is the most talented besides maybe Mahomes in a year or two. But the the his defense gave him three fourth quarter interceptions that he I think he got three points off of. So I I hate Rodgers. I, I, I get that they did that, but they also gave up thirty one points, me including twenty one in the first half. I know, but they they got their shit together and they turned they helped force like a stupid amount of turnovers. Like Tom Brady does not turn the ball over throughout his career all that much, and especially at least in the second half of this season, he wasn't doing it. So I, I think they did their job, and then the offense just didn't really click. I don't love Matt Lafleur, but anyway, that's another debate. Yeah, um, I I see what you mean. I guess, but it'll be interesting. It was that awful decision to to uh, kick a field goal with like what was it a minute and forty left? Yeah, but I, well, as I'm not going to compare it to Jordan and Pippen, but we're going to get one last dance from this Packers team this year, so it'll be interesting what we see. On to the least problematic team in this division, we have the Minnesota Vikings. Um, mm-hmm. They their offseason moves basically evened out, losing Rudolph. Anthony Harris and Riley Reef getting Dalvin Tomlinson, Pat Pete, and Xavier Woods. I'd say it's just in the middle. Um, I do want to throw in they drafted Kalamond. I don't know if they're thinking about the future, but you don't just spend a third-round pick on a QB and not consider him for the future. So um, Kirk Cousins, I think he'll be the starter for most of the year, but if he gets hurt, they have a guy now. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be good or anything, but – they it have was, a name that people have heard of. They have the QB out of Texas A&M. Um, yeah. um, that's this, I, mean, I don't have much more to say. I'll let a you lot of, a lot of Just a lot of the offseason um, successes that we can't really see on transaction lists are getting guys that were pretty banged up last year back. The biggest name being obviously Daniil Hunter, who was coming off a 14-and-a-half sack season in uh, 2019. So – Mike Zimmer's a defensive-minded head coach, and their offense is usually pretty good. So if they can just get, I don't know, 75% of the potential that that defense has, this could definitely be a playoff team. We saw them in the playoffs the previous two years. Um, 
I could see them making their way back, especially if there's um, especially if the Bears do not start Justin Fields and it's really just them and the Packers. There's no reason why this team couldn't snag a wild card spot. Yeah, on to the uh, bottom two team in football. We have the Detroit Lions, who, you know, I'm I'm not gonna rip into their off season right now because I don't think they lost that badly this off season. I do think they lost, but it it could have been worse. I actually a lot of people, I know Lions fans weren't happy with the Penny Sewell pick because they wanted one of the there, there were so many big names taken in the top 10 this year and you're out here taking an offensive lineman but I actually think that was the best pick I think that was one of the best picks of the first round I think it was a great pick for the Lions their offensive line has struggled for years and just grabbing Penny Sewell will just give them a bit more protection that they need especially since in my opinion he was the outright best lineman in the draft I don't Think I I wouldn't put Rashawn Slater anywhere near his level. Um, yeah, um, especially yeah, the Lions have made in a um, they definitely made it known that the offensive line is one of their focal points. They re excuse me, uh, they re-signed Frank Ragno, gave him a nice extension. <clears throat> um, I agree with you to a point where like the offseason wasn't that bad, but getting rid of Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. I would have liked to have kept one. Yeah, no, this team has no one to throw the ball to. Besides Hawkinson, who does not look happy in his uh, in his training camp photos. And you know what? I, I, I hope for Jared Goff's sake that he's able to succeed because Jared Goff's one of the guys I feel bad for. He really wasn't that terrible in L.A. He wasn't great, but he took them to a Super Bowl, which I'd put mostly on him. Yes, the defense was helpful, but without him, they aren't in the Super Bowl. It's just simple, as simple as that. And I even think last year he he wasn't great, but he showed up in the playoffs when he needed to, and he ended up upsetting Seattle first round. And due to injury or he just he had a lot of issues, but I think he gave a lot to that the city of LA, especially being the top pick there. And um, I I just hope for his sake that he has a uh, nice time in Detroit because. <laughs> I could very well foresee him being cut in a year or two due to his massive contract and the Lions wanting to take a QB in the early picks of the draft. I mean, that sounds like an oxymoron, honestly, having a nice time in Detroit. <laughs> no, I don't think Matthew Stafford's been able to say that for the 10 years he's been there. So Matthew Stafford, oh my God. He first got off the plane in LA and he was like, I'm not only here for a week. This is where I live. Can you imagine that feeling? Going from Motown to the to L.A. You know, I am one hundred percent thrilled for Matthew Stafford. I just, you know, the the part of me that just feels a bit bad for Jared Goff because I think he kind of got screwed. But that's just how that's just how business works sometimes. I mean, exactly. People forget the NFL is a business. On to what I think is like. I think they're a very dark horse team this year, um, the Chicago Bears, just because their defense. I'd say only got better. They lost Kyle Fuller, but they got Desmond Trufant, so it, it, it evens out at a point. Um, uh, the most interesting thing for them will, this year will just be their QB situation. I guess Dalton's the guy week one, but who knows? I think we we will see Justin Fields before week five due to Dalton's poor performance, but um, I don't, I, I don't know how I feel about Fields. I'm going to be honest. I Once again... Them getting him where they got him, that was a great pick. 
and I think that was a great move. But it, it'll just it'll be interesting to see what he's able to do. And I feel like I've been saying that for a lot of teams, but a lot of teams have players that are really not even players, just rookies that are unpredictable because there were one, two, three, four, five QBs taken in the first round, if I'm correct. And who knows? Or in the first 15, let alone. And yeah. who knows? Because I, I, I don't I, – at least one of them is going to be a bust. It's just going to be who is it. And I bet one or two will be mediocre, have a few years. One will be a star. But it's more who's that going to be. Exactly. I mean, I think that history does not bode well for Justin Fields, considering he came out of Ohio State. Um, so I think some people, at least before the draft, were expecting him to fail. Now that Zach Zach Wilson's having some trouble in training camp, it seems like he's become a new punching bag. Um, something I wanted to just bring up is something you alluded to earlier. The Bears, the football team, and the, Bron- the Broncos are all somewhat in the same boat, where they all have stout defenses and then mediocre quarterback quarterback play, and there is some kind of QB competition going on there. I just thought it was interesting because you compared the Broncos and the football team. I think you can include the, the Bears there as well. Yeah, I just – the only issue with the Bears is I just wouldn't put their offensive weapons on the same level as the Broncos or even the Washington no, football Take team. Take away like, Allen Robinson, especially – I mean, Anthony Miller was never that good, and they lost him too. Because I'll, I'll take I'll I'll take Terry McLaurin or Cortland Sutton probably over – um, Allen Robinson, maybe not Cortland Sutton, definitely Terry McLaurin, but then you just have the Broncos depth with Judy, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, and even the um, the football team's death now with Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas coming off a great year. I just, yes, I see what you mean. I just don't think of this team on those levels. But they also, I think out of the three teams, they may have the most promise at QB just because of the first round QB. But um, Agreed, but I would take Allen Robinson over like pretty much every receiver but maybe six or seven so disagree with that point but i agree with everything else all right on to the nfc south um where uh, two of the four teams didn't have a whole lot of action um we'll start with the saints we all knew 100 mil in debt they were gonna have to figure out something this offseason drew Brees retired they let go of janoris jenkins let go of trey hendrickson let go of jared cook let go of Emmanuel Sanders, and they drafted Peyton Turner. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this? Considering they were able to keep Ryan Ramchek, Demario Davis, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, they did they did real good in my opinion. <laughs> the, all the guys they lost, I mean, Janoris Jenkins hurts, and obviously Bree, like Breeze, that's tough. But that wasn't really because of the cap. He was probably going to retire – Regardless, the guys they left were all secondary. Oh, Cam, Cam Jordan, they were able to keep him. Like, they didn't lose the starting DE. Or I guess, the, I mean, not they didn't lose the star DE, the star right right tackle, or the uh, – like, I'll take Marshawn Lattimore over Janoris Jenkins. So, they did a good job. I agree with that, but now you have Slayer Boy crying right. again. So, we'll, we'll I heard – I read a report today, though, that him and Peyton um, talked it out. So, I don't think Michael Thomas is going anywhere. No, I just don't think he's good for the locker room there. I don't. He's a, He cries a lot. He seems to be causing a lot of issues, not even playing last year because of issues with teammates and not him being hurt himself. And, you know, as an Ohio State fan, I sure hope for his sake that he can get his shit together because two years ago he was looking like one of the best receivers in the league, and then last year he didn't really get to see him. So um, I hope for his sake he can pick it up. Uh, 
But yeah, I agree. It was better than they originally expected due to people restructuring contracts in order to provide for the cap. But I wouldn't say it was anywhere near success. And we have a QB competition going on in New Orleans right now too. So that'll be interesting to see as well. Um, on to the Panthers. I I don't I don't know how to feel about this offseason because I feel like the the Panthers I feel like are in like out of any team in the NFL they're in like the weirdest position with like where are they? Their defense isn't top tier. It's good, but not top tier. Their offense isn't top tier and they're just like they're just sitting at mediocrity with I don't think much of a ceiling like in my opinion. Yeah, but they did have a good offseason. I love the A.J. Boye pick, the Hassan Reddick, and I don't then A.J. Boye is going to be out for J.C. Horn. A.J. Boye is useless. He's washed. He had two good seasons with the Jaguars and Texans. Came to Denver and sucked. Got hurt, played a few games, sucked, got suspended. I don't, I don't see that being much of anything. Thank you, Broncos fan. But they did, a, I think, overall, did a good job at least addressing the secondary. Hassan Reddick, he tied the record for most sacks in a single game, or at least came close. And then J.C. Horn is one of the most talented DBs in the draft. That was great. But then we're not – we're even – excuse me. We're ignoring the uh, the biggest headline of this offseason for them, and that was the Sam Darnold for Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Do you think Sam Darnold is going to be good this year? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I don't think he's care to allude. Care, care to uh, care to explain yourself a bit there. That I don't even know. Cool. know need to know what there is needed to elaborate. Uh, Sam Darnold sucked on the Jets, and I know it's the Jets, but I don't. It, it was just some of his. He, in my opinion, he just doesn't have that it factor. He doesn't. He's 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 not that guy. He's not gonna ever be that guy, and he's just gonna have a sorry career. And we're gonna see this year that it wasn't just the Jets that were an issue for Sam Darnold. And, you know, you can come back to this at the end of the season if you really want. You can write it down in your notes right now, but Sam Darnold will be a bottom five QB in the league this year again. Predict his stat line. I'm, I'm not even going to bother to go there right now. I don't I don't want to do oh, Darnold. come on. Right. I want to hear that. How many touchdowns do you think he'll throw? He's being reunited with Rob, Robbie Anderson, and then he has DJ Moore, who is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. And that's not even mentioning Christian – Freaking McCaffrey. So, I'm I'm not gonna comment on his stats. We can do this another time if you'd like. Fine. But we'll hear your opinions on Sam Donald because I didn't have the nicest things to say about them. And if Chuck is listening to this, which he's probably not, I apologize. He's not gonna be some pro bowler, but he'll be better. Like that offensive line will help him. And then now that he actually has skill position guys outside of Jameson Crowder. There's nowhere to go but up. He's getting Christian McCaffrey where he had Frank Gore last year. I don't know. And he's also away from Adam Gase, which is exactly what any young quarterback needs who's ever been suffocated by him. But I don't know. I, I agree that like it's it's annoying how the media is like, yeah, he might have sucked the past three years, but you know, he's probably still good. Like you still should be very cautious about him. Like he he got worse every season, but you could say that the Jets got worse every season. So I think I don't think he's gonna suck or be a bottom five quarterback. But I don't know. We'll see. On to the Falcons. All right, with Atlanta, 
They had a solid offseason. I mean, I this was a team last year where I really thought they had potential to be really good. I saw a lot of good things from this Falcons roster. I still think Matt Ryan is a top QB in the league. And I really believe, not top, top 10, but I really believe that this Atlanta team, if they're able to click, can take second in this division and possibly a playoff spot. Um, they lost Julio Jones, but Julio Jones, losing Julio Jones didn't mean anything to them. They didn't have Julio Jones all of last year. They played without Julio Jones last year, and they played great. Calvin Ridley will take that spot. Russell Gage is going to have to step it up this year, which he did at times last year. And I think Mike Davis over Todd Gurley is actually going to benefit this team as Todd Gurley, if you recall correctly, if you remember, actually lost them a game last season. So I don't think Mike Davis will be doing that. But um, overall, I love Kyle Pitts, one of the most interesting players in the draft because it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize him because, um, you know, all the Cam Jordan slander on him for not being able to block. So we'll, we'll see. But I think he's the best pass catcher from that draft. And I think he could – it's a hard transition college to NFL for tight ends a lot of the time. We saw, we've seen this with many tight ends. Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, even Evan Ingram first come into the league. Uh, their first seasons, they have issues with drops. But I think if Kyle Pitts is able to uh, not have those issues, he could be a top tight end in the league, which is pretty common sense. But Yeah, I agree. I think losing Julio Jones was necessary, but it still hurts. Well, yeah, it's going to hurt, but my, my, my biggest point is losing Julio Jones isn't the worst thing that could happen to them. It's better than losing Matt Ryan. I mean, yeah, but I mean, Matt Ryan's – he's getting pretty old, but I agree. So is Julio Jones, and Julio Jones is injured every other week, so. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, the Bucks are pretty boring to talk about. They were able to retain all 22 starters. They didn't lose anybody, really. They didn't really add anybody. I mean, they'll get Antonio Brown for a full season this time instead of just half the season, which could be a blessing. As Antonio Brown was once one of the top receivers in the league. It could be a blessing. It could be a curse. We'll see which one it is. Enough with the Antonio Brown slander. Oh, my God. All right, on to the NFC West. What many would say is the strongest division in football. I have them as the second. Behind the AFC North, yeah. Second behind the AFC West, but – um. <laughs> we'll start yeah. with the Rams, who Moving many on. are talking about as a Super Bowl contender this year with the addition of Matt Stafford. Um, but, you know, Matt Stafford's not even the biggest addition. Deshaun Jackson, difference maker, going to lead them to the Super Bowl. People aren't giving him enough credit. That was a joke. Okay, Mitch. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> You're supposed to laugh, but... um. Ha, ha. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think this team will be solid this year. They won this offseason. They lost John Johnson, but getting Matt Stafford is what this team needs to get them to a Super Bowl. I think their defense will take a step back, though, because not only they lost John Johnson, their play caller on defense, they lost a really solid corner who led the league in touchdowns last year. But, you know, it's John Johnson hurts. Troy Hill, not, you know, that he's replaceable. They lost Brandon Staley. That's the biggest thing. Their defensive coordinator who led the no, who led and drew up the plays for the no fly zone. That's definitely gonna. That's definitely gonna hurt. I mean, they still have talent. Obviously, you still have the best defensive player uh, currently in Aaron Donald, and then the best DB in uh, Jalen Ramsey. But it, it definitely hurts. Although re-signing Leonard Floyd was a, uh, I think that was a smart move. He he commands the the middle of the defense very well. 
Yeah, I agree. And I, I just I don't feel like there's much more to say about this team. It, 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 again, the headline of their offseason will be Matt Stafford. And oh, yeah. It'll be talked about all year to see if. Especially if they do really well or really poor. Then that will definitely be uh, brought up again. Yeah. Onto the Cardinals. I actually. Besides losing Hassan Reddick, I actually don't think losing Pat Pete is a big deal. I actually think they had a um an interesting offseason. I think that's the best way to put it. I mean. Oh, yeah. Very unorthodox. They signed three. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't call James Conner a vet, but I'd call AJ Green and JJ Watt vets. And. I love the Zavin Collins pick and Rondell Moore where they got him in the second round. You know, second round receivers the past few years have been the one to stand out, not the first one. So it'll be interesting to see whether it's him or Elijah Moore who the receiver from the second round this year is going to break out. But um, they're really – they're shaping this offense because now you have – you still have Kyler Murray who talks from what we're hearing is looking even better than he did last year than you're – giving Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Rondale Moore, and um, I guess we could say Larry Fitz if you want. Or He didn't retire, right? He's still in. I don't believe he's with the Cardinals anymore. Um, yeah, it's uncertain. He's a free agent right now, so we'll see. But um, even with those three receivers, I think that's a great receiving core. You give him James Conner in the backfield, which I don't think that's much of a downgrade versus uh, Kenya, and you have – he was really, really solid for them down the stretch. I think that this Cardinals team, I'm I'm going to say it's about every team in this division, but I think this Cardinals team can make some noise this year, hopefully. I don't know. I think they'll make some noise. I don't think they're going to win the division. My biggest thing is their defense. If, um, what's his face? Uh, the linebacker they took last. If Isaiah Simmons can actually play like a top 10 pick, then yeah. This team could make some noise, but the defense still has holes and losing Hassan Reddick and Pat Pete. I agree he's not the biggest deal in the world, but losing two defensive starters and then, you know, Zayvon Collins could be great, but first round uh, rookie linebackers usually take a little bit of time to adjust, just like, you know, most rookies. So I still don't think they have enough of a defense to stop the other three teams in this division and really claim it for their own. But hey, prove me wrong, Cardinals. Yeah, onto the Seahawks, who I think had an L of an offseason. They lost Shaq Griffin. Carlos Hyde doesn't matter, but they only really they didn't really get much. They got Alden Smith, who's been released in the previous days. They lost Shaquem Griffin too. Yeah, and they got Gerald Everett because you know Titan was the biggest of their issues when Russ has to run out of the pocket every play. Um, <laughs> this isn't a predictions episode, but this team I don't see a way that they don't get fourth in the division this year. I think they're oh my like Lakers team, but um, wow. I don't. I, I don't have much to say about them. I think this offseason was a huge L. They didn't address any of their issues. <laughs> and I tight end was an issue. They lost. It wasn't a major issue. issue. You throw a Jacob Hollis, like Gerald Everett Hollister's isn't, not on the team anymore. I know, but Gerald Everett isn't that much of an upgrade than what they had last year, is what I'm saying. Okay, but it, it doesn't hurt. It it wasn't anyway, they they did I don't know. It wasn't a mistake to take Gerald Everett. They needed a new tight end, they got a new tight end. Pretty straight, pretty cut and dry. I agree they didn't uh, address the offensive line as much as Russ or I would have liked, but I think that's a really, really bold prediction. Say the Seahawks are going to finish last in the division. I don't. Know. I think Russ, they have the, they have the least complete team out of the division. Their defense is mediocre. Their offense is mediocre. Um, 
Well, I would disagree with both those points, but that's all right. And the issue for them is they still have Chris Carson at running back. They're not going to get anywhere with him there. Just because you lost you a fantasy game doesn't mean he's bad. If he can stay healthy, then that's a very good offense. They still have one of the best linebackers in the game, and they still have one of the best safeties. Like Probably both are top three or top four at their position. And then Carlos Dunlap for a full season. Like This defense isn't elite. But... We'll see, but I mean, I, I'd take the 49 I'd take the 49ers defense over them, and I'd take the 49ers yeah. potential over them too. I mean – 49ers. I'm not, I'm not high on the 49ers. I I think the 49ers defense is definitely better, but Nick Bosa is very overrated, and that offense is very unpredictable. So we'll see. I'll still take Russ over any any other quarterback in the division, though. I don't. And Russ, don't forget, was he's made the playoffs what seven out of eight seasons? Like I just don't think he's gonna all of a sudden forget how to play football and finish below the Cardinals. So we'll see. On to the Niners. Yeah, on to the Niners, who I think had a solid offseason. I think my favorite pickup for them was Alex Mack. Um, he's just going to help shape this O-line. That's been actually pretty solid. The O-line made uh, Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard not look like complete garbage, just a bit of garbage. <laughs> just a bit. Um, I think you give them a healthy George Kittle, then you have Raheem Moster, Trey Sermon, Wayne Gallman, then you have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Muhammad Sanu. With Kittle, I think this offense could be a lot, not deadlier, but better than people think. I mean, we haven't even brought up third-string QB Josh Rosen yet. The uh, Oh, God. More. but um, Jesus himself. <laughs> no, it'll be interesting because I think Jimmy G's not bad, but I think Trey Lance is better. So I hope we see Trey Lance by week 10 is what I hope. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think Jimmy G's staying healthy till week 10, so I think we might see Trey Lance earlier than that. Um, yeah. But no, in my opinion, I think this is a solid football team that has potential that make in the postseason this year. I mean, I yeah, potential. Of course, it has potential. I don't know how how I don't know. I'm just sick of seeing the 49ers overrated. I know they I know they went to the Super Bowl, but they lost a lot of pieces on that defense, and they're not still a top five team in the NFL. It's like that's just ridiculous. We'll see. You have anything else you want to add? They definitely um, had some nice, uh, they definitely had some nice moves. Um, maybe not signings, but re-signings. So I don't think losing Kendrick Bourne and Solomon Thomas. Kendrick Bourne was never that great, and Solomon Thomas was a huge bust. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, only time's going to tell. Exactly. Um, I think this will be the most competitive division in football. Whether we like our jokes about the AFC North and the AFC West, this is the most competitive division in football just because there are four teams in this division that will compete versus three, three. in the, your division. And I'm not going to name them in, in my division. Because yep. <laughs> um, let's be honest, my division, there's no competition. The competition's for second place. Um, I think the Broncos will be competing for fourth, but correct. I mean, you have anything else you want to add, though, before we sign off on our off-season recaps? I think mm-hmm. I've said all I need to say. No, I think with that said, take us out. We're going to wrap it up. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed our takes on the off-season. I think there was a bit of humor in here. That <laughs> we're trying to keep the mood light for you. Of you guys might like, not like a bit of bias at some points. A lot of comparisons with our teams, divisions. But um, I hope you guys enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoyed making it. Um. We back. I'm not going to guarantee you when, but before the season starts, you guys will have predictions, award predictions, playoff predictions, 
And you might get some talk about preseason at the end of the preseason when we see uh, Drew Locke win the quarterback battle in Denver. That'll be the pre-week one predictions. But uh, I'll just set you guys up. Um, week one, I'm taking the Broncos over the Giants. I'm foreseeing the future. But uh, <laughs> with that said, thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time. And we're out.